Hello, and welcome to episode number one of the Social Media Moneymakers podcast brought to you by Stan. My name is Brock Johnson. I will be your host for the Social Media Moneymakers podcast. And in case we've never met before or you have no idea who I am, it's my job to help people grow and make money on social media. I've been doing this for about seven years now. And about five years ago, I launched my first podcast, which actually had this very name. It was called the Social Media Moneymakers podcast. But Things have changed since then. At that time, I was teaching people how to grow and monetize on Snapchat, and I had about 20,000 followers on Instagram. Fast forward now about five years later, and I have over 600,000 followers on Instagram. I've spoken all around the world, and I've coached thousands of business owners, creators, and entrepreneurs to grow their brand, grow their following, grow their business, and make money online. Stan has an overall mission of supporting creators, and I'm so thankful to them for reaching out to me with the idea of starting this podcast. And while the title of this show is Social Media Money Makers, we will not just be focused on making more money and the newest quick hack to make an extra dollar. Instead, this show is going to be focused on the creators, on the business owners and the entrepreneurs who are putting in the work, the people who are thought leaders in their field and industry. And I'm going to be having real, genuine, honest conversations with them, not about their new three-step strategy, but instead with their background, their story, how they got here, their honest truths, failures, triumphs, and successes along the way. I'm really excited to get to bring you this podcast. I'm also personally and a little bit selfishly excited that I get to talk talk to all of these awesome people, ask them questions, and just pick their brains about how they got to where they are today. One of my biggest goals for this podcast is that you're able to walk away from each and every episode with an uplifting and inspiring sense that you can do this, that it's possible for you, and that the popular thought leader, influential business owners and content creators in your space are people just like you, people who put in the work, kept showing up, and did so for the right reasons. Today, I'm super excited that in episode number one, I get to share with you a conversation that I'm having with someone who has become a real friend of mine in the content creator world, not just because we're both from Southern California, but we have a lot of commonalities in our story, in our upbringing, and how we got into the world that we are in today. She is also just such a genuine and kind human being. Many of you know her as Modern Millie. She is a viral content creator on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. She is an absolute wealth of knowledge, and she's someone who left her traditional nine-to-five job in order to pursue content creation and being an entrepreneur full-time. She now has a team of about a dozen people working underneath her. She puts out videos regularly on YouTube, and she's also crushing it, like I said, on Instagram and TikTok as well. Also, if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, you can do so by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Stan for Creators. It's the YouTube channel for Stan, who is, of course, producing this show today. You can watch the entire video version of this podcast over there. But without further ado, let's hop into the interview. Millie, hello, and welcome to the Social Media Money Makers podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have a little little guest with us. <laughs> it's actually just, it's the three of us, not just the two I of know. us. I know, lady will give her um, input. <laughs> <laughs> super excited to have you on. And, you know, I, I just introduced you by saying Modern Millie. Thank you, Modern Millie, for being here. And everyone knows you as Modern Millie. That's your online persona. Um, but I also know that's not what your driver's license says, and that's not <laughs> necessarily what your family calls you. Um, so I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about where modern Millie came from and who is she and what she, what does she represent to you? Yeah, this is a 
Fun question. So uh, my whole life, all the way through high school, I was known by like my full first name and going into college. So after I graduated going into college, I was like, I just wanted a transformation. I wanted to be somebody completely different. It wasn't this huge, like, I want to be awesome. It was more from like insecurities and just not loving my life after high school and like that my environment that I was in. And since I was going off to college, I was like, I'm just going to create a whole new persona, one that I love, one that feels authentically me and one that not just feels authentically me, but one that people can be like, oh, okay, that's her. That That's her. like not preconceived notions or anything. So I went off to college and Millie was the name that I came up with because it's like a shorter version of my full name and uh, nobody had called me Millie before. It also kind of came from Miley because I was like kind of a Miley Cyrus fan at the time. (laughs) So uh, kind of inspired with that, but went by Millie and I just wanted to create like the most confident version of myself, the most like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me version of myself Mm -hmm. and one that people just like gravitated towards because I was like, I loved everybody. Like I just wanted to love on everyone and I wanted to be that person that people gravitated towards. Um, so that's kind of where Millie came from and it took me a while to get used to the name. My first time going by Millie first week in college, I would introduce myself and people would be like, Millie. And I'm like, (laughs) looking around, not sure who they're talking to. Uh, Mm -hmm. it took me a while to get used to but now it's just my identity. (laughs) I love, I love how intentional it was. It wasn't just like, Oh, well I picked a username and it kind of was the only thing available. And so that's what I stuck with. It was really intentional. Um, do you think that's something that I know? Like, obviously like Beyonce famously has done this, right? Like she gave herself Beyonce as the name to kind of personify this confident, um, charismatic onstage personality is that something that you would maybe recommend to other people if they were like getting started in social media and there's someone who doesn't feel super confident or they kind of want to reinvent themselves online? Yes. And not necessarily the name aspect of it. I don't mean like, you know what, everybody, you should just go change your name. Like, <laughs> that's not what I mean. But there is a book called The Alter Ego Effect. And I didn't know about this book when I changed my name. Um, And it's basically about like creating an alter ego for yourself. An -hmm. example of that would be Superman. You know, there's Clark Kent, but then there's Superman and creating that alter ego of yourself. What do they look like? How do they show up? Who do they show up as? What are they doing day to day? And giving yourself just a little bit of time every day to show up as that alter ego and just like stepping into that person or persona. And I didn't know about the book when I did it, but it was basically the the same thing. And it just helps you show up as the version that you, the person that you want to be, where you want to be in a year from now, taking those actionable steps and can give you that delusional confidence to show up like maybe yourself, you aren't confident to show up, but your alter ego is like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And your alter ego shows up as yourself or like as that version of yourself. So I definitely think it's a fun practice for anybody to implement and, and try to see if it helps with their confidence and content creation process for sure. And this name really sounds like it was something that was originally born just to be, uh, something for you personally and maybe like socially it was, uh, you know, you're going into this new stage of life. And so you wanted to kind of reinvent yourself. 
Um, but it has very much, at least it seems, lended itself well to your career now in social media, yeah. being a creator, being a business owner. Um, can you speak to that a little bit more and how this Millie persona has really helped you in what you do now? Yes. So, oh man, there, I'm like, there's two answers to this. I always have to like break it up into like three steps. You know what it's like. Um, <laughs> so there's part of me growing up. I, I have always loved creating and creating video content. And just, I was on YouTube for years, even before doing my thing, but I was also very insecure with it and not I stopped posting because I was nervous of what people thought about. So as Millie, something Millie would do is create content, create no matter what people thought. So that was just something that I was like, okay, Millie would take pictures and post on the Instagram and really not care. Millie would make mm -hmm. a YouTube video or a vlog and really not care. And the whole like modern Millie thing that went with it was just my friend group. I, would tend to make friends with drama and musical theater kids because I am a drama and musical theater kid myself. I didn't do that in college or I didn't pursue that avenue in college, but I was still naturally like gravitated towards that friend group. And there's a musical th called Thoroughly Modern Millie. And so friends would just call me like Modern Millie, Modern Millie. And then when I went, I was pursuing dance for a little bit, even in the dance industry, like dance, musical theater, Modern Millie, people just call me Modern Millie, like, oh, it's Modern Millie. And so when I was picking a username, it just made sense because that's what people called me anyway. It was like an inside joke already and the handle wasn't taken. And so I just went with it and created my online persona with it. Love that. Love that. I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about the like the background with musical theater and dance and all that stuff, because I don't know if you personally noticed this, but I've noticed that there's a, like a handful of creators who I can think of. Uh, whether you call them creators, influencers, business owners like yourself in this space who got their start or maybe even before they got started, they did something with dance or ballet or they did onstage acting. Um, maybe they were models, things like that. W what is it that you might think like lends itself well to transition then into being a content creator? Um, is it just like being used to having people look at you? What do you think it is? I think that there's a lot of elements to it. Mm -hmm. I think one is just as somebody who's, and I can only speak for myself, you know, I can't say for every dancer and for every content creator that has this background, but for me, somebody who has dance experience or done musical theater, been on stage practically since I played baby Jesus when I was four months old in a <laughs> church play, not kidding, that really happened. Um, it's for me just comes down to creating. Like I've always loved creating, even if I was 10 years old, choreographing a stupid dance to uh, Destiny's Child, you know, like I was in the backyard making a dance. I was putting on a music show for my family or a music, uh, ma magician. I was doing like magic tricks and stuff. Like I just always loved creating and telling a story and being part of a story, even if I wasn't the main character in musical mm -hmm. theater, even if I was just a supporting character, just being able to envelop myself into another character and help tell a story, share a story. It's just like creating has always been a part of me. And I think it will always be a part of me.
Yeah, that's hilarious. The um the magic the magician thing. I also put on magic shows for my family growing up. I was very much the magician. So I don't know. What maybe is that's like the biggest thing to look for is like, hey, yeah. if, if you want to be a content creator one day, you should probably start out as a magician and then work your way right. up. Right. Yeah. Or if you're um, somebody who ever put on magic shows growing up, you should be a content creator. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's like maybe that's factor. your true calling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of true calling, speaking of, uh, you know, like what we've done in our past lives, I know that after college, you worked corporate for a while. You did the whole nine to five route. Um, and this is something you've talked about before, but I'm curious as someone, cause I've never worked corporate. I went straight from college, straight into the content creator, business owner world. Um, I want to learn more about that. First of all, when were, or, or really what was it like when you were starting to kind of grow unhappy or dissatisfied mm. with that nine to five corporate life? Um, what what was that initial kind of like seed like? So going into the corporate world, I already wasn't the happiest. Mm. And that's because of how I was kind of forced into it. So I had, I was originally pursuing dance full time and I had a dance scholarship, but I had an injury that forced me into the corporate world. I lost my dance scholarship. I couldn't dance anymore. I was on crutches for nine months. So going into it was already a bummer. <laughs> like this is not what I pictured my life to look like. And I had to get over that and, and mourn that past self and start this new version and new identity um, that I was open to exploring. I really got lucky and landed a position with a corporate job where the whole corporate environment was amazing. I loved the people there. I loved the business there. I was intending to go back to college because I wanted to be like the best or the most successful that I could if I wasn't going to be the best dancer, I wanted to be the best something, you know, I wanted to mm -hmm. give my all somewhere. So I was intending to go back to college and I asked the owner of the company, like, okay, how can I grow here? Do I need to go back to college? What, sh what should I do to get the best, you know, be the best. And he was like, no, don't worry about going back to college. Just like really what's more valuable is experience mm -hmm. and working hard and learning the positions that you're in. And so I went all in. And after about four years, I still really liked my position. They let me craft it into whatever I wanted it to be. I loved the people there. But no matter how good I was at it, there was still something inside me that was like, you were meant to do something else. You gotcha. were meant to do something more. And it was just that a nagging feeling where I literally could not sleep at night. I could not sleep. I could not fall asleep. My mind would be racing about all these YouTube video ideas and all these like Instagram post ideas. And I just had all these ideas and videos and things that I wanted to create. And it kept me up at night to the point where I was like, okay, I just, I have to pursue this. It was a perfect timing thing. John and I were moving to LA uh, so that he could be on set and work with a production company there. And I was moving away from my job, they were allowing me to work remote, but it was just this perfect transitional moment where somebody in my life was like, if you're going to go all in, now's the time to do it. Gotcha. You're moving. This is a new chapter. You and John don't have any kids yet. Like this is the perfect time to go for your dreams. Even if you fail, there will be a position here for you. Like if you want to come back to the corporate world, like I was talking to gotcha. somebody at work high ups and they were like, just go for it. 
we'll save a spot here for you if you want to come back, but we think you should go for it. And um, I was very lucky to have that situation because not everybody does. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really awesome. I'm sure at that time, even though, you know, it might be like, well, you know, I had this perfect timing thing. I had a kind of easy out, so to speak, this opportunity where we're moving. I'm sure that was still really, really scary, right? Scary, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was obviously anything that is unknown has elements of fear to it, mm-hmm. uh, but also knowing that the unknown is where you can grow the most. I was excited to see how I would grow. And I also, that nagging feeling, it wasn't like it happened for a week and I was like, peace out, you know, like that was there for over a year. And I was like thinking and dwelling on this for over a year. Like, should I leave? I was Mm -hmm. kind of waiting for that right timing. I was planning ahead. I was like, okay, let me save up just in case I decide to leave. Let me get all my ducks in a row, just in case. So it was just in the back of my mind for over a year. And because I was mentally preparing for the just in case, that transition was a lot smoother. That's awesome. During that transition, or maybe right after that transition, now you're like creating content, you're, you're doing this thing for yourself full time. Was there any like trepidation of, Ooh, did I make the right decision? Or maybe guilt? Like I left Mm. this job with all these benefits and now I don't have any of that. (laughs) Like talk to me about that initial phase. Oh yeah. So I actually, I left my corporate job October 4th, 2019. Mm. And just a few months later was COVID. Um, so it was such a roller coaster. So I leave my job, woo, running high and because I left my job, I decided, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to build a website. <laughs> Don't know why that was my first thought, but I was like, you know, all full-time people and businesses have a website. So I spent the first two months just like trying to build a website, not trying to make money, not anything like, you know, that would help generate an income, trying to build a website, <laughs> coding, something I know yeah. nothing of. Uh, and I gave up very, very quickly. And I was like, this was stupid. Why did I do this? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then February, I decided, scratch that. Let's not pursue this anymore. Let's go back to corporate for a little bit while we pay for a wedding. Lady, who's in my lap, um, she got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So some hospital bills are starting to pile up and paying for a wedding. And so I was just like, I just need something stable. So I just jumped back into the corporate world. So I'm like, oh, I quit. Oh, I hate this. Let me jump back in the corporate world. Oh, a month later, COVID. And now I was let go from my new job within the first three weeks of working there. Um, So I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, Ended up working out because I was able to get unemployment because I was let go because of COVID. So I was able to apply Mm. for unemployment and qualify. And then that was just like, at that same time, I got monetized on YouTube. So the YouTube videos that I had posted the year before, I guess one of them started picking up traction. And that was just the validation that I needed was like, you were doing the right thing. You were on the right track. You can do this. And once I got monetized, I was like, okay, let's shift gears, go all in, YOLO. <laughs> yeah. And everything's been pretty good ever since. <laughs> Love that. So besides the whole, hey, maybe don't spend the first two months building and coding your own website because that's just what you think you have to do. If you could go back and give the 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 first round of I'm doing my own thing before I need to go back to corporate, that Millie, if you could give her um, one or maybe a couple pieces of advice, words of wisdom, what might you tell her? 
have a goal, <laughs> start with a goal and mm-hmm. like very, very defined goal. Where, where do you want to be in a year from now? Is it growing an Instagram following? Is it making money? What is that big picture look like? And then reverse engineer it. I know that sounds so simple. That's like what everybody says, like, yeah, duh, you have a goal, you break it down, reverse engineer. Uh, but that's not what I did. <laughs> I was just like, oh, well, this successful business has this, therefore I should do that. So I was very mm. much just trying to look at competitors and be like, well, they have a website, I should have a website. And that was that was <laughs> that was my logic. So yeah. if your goal is to grow, figure out okay, who's my target audience? Let me let me actually get a freebie so I can have an email list start posting free content, grow the email list, and then maybe you could sell a digital product later. If your goal is to make money, how are you going to make money? Do you need to create that product first? Is it a course? Do you need to make the course first? Do you need to work with people one-on-one first? Like, Just take the time to really get clear on your goals and then actually break down the steps to get there. I think that's so so smart though. And it's so also so necessary for us to hear that because every one of us, whether you're, you've been doing this for 15 years or 15 minutes, like you see everyone else online doing a million different things. And so it kind of makes you feel whether it's like the FOMO or the envy or whatever, like you should be doing those things too. Um, and then there's also just, you're scrolling through social media and not only are you seeing 50 million other things you could be doing, there's 50 content creators like you and I, who are telling people, 50 million things to do a day, yeah. post this many times, do this on Instagram, do this on TikTok, try this with your email list, do this with your YouTube. And so it can feel very much like, oh, I need to do 50 million things. So I love your point uh, that you would give yourself of, hey, like just like set this one clear goal of what you really want and then work backwards uh, to figure out what steps are needed to, to get there. I yeah. think that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. You said that you had one video really kind of popping off Mm -hmm. and that's what got the channel monetized. Um, And I think that there's this common thread that often takes place with successful content creators where there's some sort of early, and I'm going to put early in quotes because I know later we'll talk about your OG YouTube channel and (laughs) I, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider where you are even a few years ago as early, but early for the modern Millie existence, let's call it. Um, it did well. Um, and oftentimes, like I was saying, you know, there's, there's like one video I can think of myself when I first got started with being super consistent with reels, I had like one video that popped off and then that success propelled me forward. Um, do you find that to be the case? And if so, what are your thoughts around like manufacturing this early success? Yeah, I feel like That's typically the case. You know, you hear when you feel like somebody had overnight success, it was because they put in a lot of legwork and all that legwork was not noticed. And then they had like one video that blew up and it was like, wow, overnight success. Don't discount the three years of hard work they were putting in before that. But it is probably the most common way people start to gain traction is with one video that ends up not even blowing up viral, but performs really well for them enough to where an algorithm or platform can recognize, oh, there's something here. Let's bring more people to their profile, to their channel Mm -hmm. and see if there's really something good here. And so it just takes one video to trigger a platform or trigger an algorithm and be like, oh, maybe there's something good going on here. Let's send some people that way and see what happens. Yeah. I also feel like it gives you some confidence. Like even if the algorithm in the platform isn't sending people your way, even if you just got like 
you're used to getting 20 views and you got 300, you're like, you're kind of feeling confident, you're feeling good. And that confidence uh, can kind of propel you to be like, hey, well, I'm going to keep making videos for the next month because yeah. I'm riding the high of that one video. Totally. Whether it's like a video that performs really well or you like have an affiliate link in a video and you get a click and you're like, yeah. I got a click, you know, like I'm yeah. an influencer. Um, so I feel like the best way to manufacture that for yourself or what I did and what I definitely recommend anybody does is to look for the gaps in the industry or market that you want to grow in. And that was how I've been able to replicate that viral effect with my channel. And it's not like an easy thing of like, let me just look for a gap. And I do it with every video and every video goes viral. It kind of mm -hmm. just happens as you're consuming. And so the first mm -hmm. step is really Obviously, we're going to skip the first step of pick a niche, know your industry. We're going to skip that first step. Let's say you already know where you want to grow. First step is like you're just consuming as a consumer. Maybe you're not a creator yet, but you are familiar with watching videos in this niche. For me, I was always watching how to grow on Instagram videos. I was always watching editing photo, like how to edit your photo videos. I was always doing that on YouTube. And because I was consuming so much, there were questions that I had as a creator that were not getting answered. And I was like okay, I love that you're showing me how to edit photos for you, but like, how can I find my own way to edit mm. photos? You know, that was something that was really struggling. I was really struggling with was all these people had videos of this is how I edit for vintage. This is how I edit for this. And I was like, okay, but how can I create my own editing style? Like, how do I yeah. do it myself? And so because I couldn't find it anywhere as a consumer, I decided to figure it out for myself and yeah. make a video on it. And that's the video that ended up blowing up. And I was like, cool, let's do this again. And I was like, consume more, figure out what questions I have, answer those questions in another video. And so finding those gaps in your industry, it's a sign that like, okay, you can fill in those gaps. Other people probably have the same questions that you're having and you can be the one to answer them. Yeah, I love that. And at the end of the day, oftentimes we are our own market. And so essentially you're just doing market research, mm -hmm. including yourself and your own um, consumption and what you see as missing. So I love that. And and I appreciate the uh, the practical ways that we can, we can go about that. Now, I said we would get back to talking about your first channel. Mm -hmm. um, and this channel, you had it for, I think you said you started it like 14 or 15 years ago, right? And it was with your brother, Joel? Yeah. Yeah. We had it All for right. about nine years. I would love to hear more about the inception of this channel, doing it with your brother. Were you guys like super tight? Uh, was this your idea and you dragged him along, vice versa? Were you both in this together? I just, I want to hear about this OG channel. Yeah. I don't even know whose idea it was. I think, you know, when we had a camera, actually we didn't even have a camera. We had my parents' desktop Mac iMac mm -hmm. yep. is that what it was yep. called in the day iMac oh yeah it was big oh, yeah. the big honker yeah that one yep. the um, family computer <laughs> there was like the iPhoto booth or whatever the photo booth that you could go in take pictures we would make videos just for funsies with that camera and mm -hmm. we would upload those to YouTube when YouTube became a thing so it wasn't really anybody's idea it just happened and uh, yes my brother and I are very tight. <laughs> We're very, very close, very good friends. I have, there's 
five of us kids in my family. So I have two brothers, two sisters, and I'm one of the youngest ones. So I'm number four of five. And then Joel is my little brother, five of five. So we're the youngest two. And and so because we were the youngest two and the other ones were a little more mature than us, we just were making goofy videos. And it was just mm-hmm. fun. It was just fun. There was no thoughts of being a YouTuber because that was not a thing. Mm. It was just making videos. Anytime there was a school project where it's like you could either do an essay or you could do a poster board or you could do a video. It was like, okay, I'm going to do a video skit with my brother for my school project. And we upload those to YouTube. So there was no plan. We just loved creating. Eventually it turned into like a channel where we were like, Hey guys, we're na, 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 na. And then we had concepts and fun things. We're like, okay, let's test soda flavors. My sister would go to the store, get seven to 10 different soda flavors, all the way from like grass flavor to barf flavor, you know, like crazy wild soda flavors, testing them, just stupid, crazy videos. That that's yeah. really it. I love that. But I feel like, and I'm sure you would say this as well, that there was like so much unintentional practice at that time. And Mm -hmm. like, you're just filming videos. A lot of people to this day still don't have YouTube videos or they're still new to creating content online. But you and your brother were making these videos like 14 years ago. Yeah, That's just like practice and reps and reps and reps. Looking back, um, is that kind of how you view it? I mean, of course you're viewing it as like having a great time making these funny videos with your (laughs) brother, but how much of today's modern Millie that we see Um, would you attribute to those hilarious old videos from when you were younger? I think I, at the beginning, I didn't give it a lot of credit because I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, it's not the same. It's not the same. But looking back more and like looking at our channel, I was like, that was a lot of practice. Even just like practice of knowing what creative freedom feels like. So when I'm creating a video, I know, oh, this video is strategic approach. Whereas when I create different videos, like, oh, this one is for me. This one's a fun one. This is funsies. And not only that, but being comfortable in front of a camera, knowing Mm -hmm. how to talk to a camera and knowing how to like look at the camera and not down at yourself. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, just all those little things that people now, if they were just pick up their camera and start today without having zero experience, I got to experience from a very, very young age. And I knew how to kind of open up and be silly. And I think having somebody there with me helped me a ton because when I did start my modern Millie channel, it was weird. (laughs) I remember setting up my camera for the first time and being like, I was recording, but I was like, there's no banter. Who am I talking to? So that was a whole Mm -hmm. other learning curve. But I did exercise a lot of like camera presence and being myself, learning how to be goofy, learning how to loosen up in front of the camera and just all the practicalities of record, editing, thinking of a thumbnail that like all those little things that I didn't think was practice ended up being practice. Mm -hmm. When you did first get started 14 years ago, how much of it looking back were you like, yeah, this actually kind of came pretty natural to me. Of course, I had to practice a little bit, but for the most part, this was pretty natural. And how much of it was like, oh, gosh, no, I was I was an alien speaking a new language and I was learning and practicing every single little thing. The pre-production was natural. Post-production was not as natural. So break those down for me. What do you mean by pre and post-production? Yeah. Coming up with video ideas, easy peasy, natural. Filming, 
getting props, thinking of like, oh, let's shoot this shot here and then let's do this and we'll cut here. Like thinking of all of the production and storyline, that was the natural part for me. Post-production of like, okay, now let's figure out the tech for how to actually edit. Let's find out what music we're going to do. Let's adjust the audio levels, coming up with a thumbnail, editing a thumbnail. Like back in the day, we didn't have Canva, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even remember what we used to edit thumbnails, but it was a pain in the butt. And that Mm -hmm. stuff was not as natural. Editing was fun. I enjoyed trying to figure it out, but it was a learning curve. The tech was a learning curve. Accidentally deleting footage was a learning curve, you know? Like... (laughs) All those yeah. traumatizing things, learning curve. Mm-hmm. I would love to play. This is going to be a segment that I want to try to incorporate on every show. If it's okay with you, I would love to play one of those really, really early videos <laughs> from that channel um, because I I want it to be incorporated in the show because I'm going to try to have a lot of like really high level, killing it creators, entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, but I know that our listeners want to see where these people came from and want to see where people got their start. So if it's okay with you, I would love to play one of your OG videos from this channel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If, I posted it to my YouTube channel, so, or like a sneak peek of our old channel. It's public. People know what it is now. So absolutely. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let me let me pull this up. Radio, 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 radio. <laughs> Hi, I'm Camille. So I'm pretty new to this YouTube thing, so I thought that my first video would be um, five likes and five dislikes. So yeah, I'll start now. Like number one. Pretty much, I like glasses. They make me happy. They really show a lot of character in a person, and I just like to wear them, especially when I read. Not who reads. Second one. I like clothes. I like a lot of clothes. My dresser doesn't even fit all my clothes. Third one. My rock. This is, I I highly recommend anyone who um, wants a good laugh has a, (laughs) goes and and checks out that video. Five likes and five dislikes. Um, How often do you go back and rewatch those, those old videos? The ones that are that old, not often. Okay. <laughs> I don't rewatch those. The ones that are like newer old, where like we had a defined thing uh-huh. going, those ones I'll rewatch often. Just like when I'm feeling lack of inspiration, I'll rewatch those. Yeah. Um, but those cringy ones that are hard to watch, <laughs> not as often. <laughs> yeah. When when you look back, are, are they cringy still? Or is it now like, it's funny, I can appreciate who I was at that time? A little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I find Mm -hmm. more appreciation of it because I have nieces and nephews who are around my same age and some of them want to be content creators and they're Mm -hmm. making videos. And we did a, we had my dad's birthday party and my niece was like, we want to put on a show for you and like show you how like we choreographed a dance on our roller skates and I have my two little nieces are doing what I did. And so when I watch those videos back of little Millie, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, she just needed to express herself. You know, she didn't have a creative outlet. And this was the one thing that she felt super proud of, super confident in. She could be whatever she wanted. She could be herself and express it through a video. It's just really cool to like 
see it full circle. It's like, oh, I can't believe I had the confidence to do that. But also I'm proud of her for having the confidence to do that. (laughs) Yeah. How much of what you do now do you ever feel cringe about? Whether you're like, I just said a sentence and I'm like, I instantly feel cringe. I want to delete that before it gets posted onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do you look back at something you posted a month ago and be like, ooh, that was cringe? Or what's your take on this whole cringe thing? Honestly, it doesn't happen often anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because a lot of my content is not catered to behind the scenes of me and my life. You know, it's mm-hmm. more so educational. But there are a few times where I get a funny, silly idea for a reel and I do a little silly reel. And like a a week later, I was like, why did I do that? But, you know, I look in the comments and everybody loves it. They're like, ha ha, you're so funny, Millie. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to trust my previous self's intuition. You know, you just got to trust where my inspiration was taking me at the time, where my gut was telling me to go at the time. And yeah, maybe I'm like, why did I do that? But I just like kind of, think that thought, I acknowledge it. And then I let it go because I, I just have to trust my past self and the whole creation process. We just move forward. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Now transitioning gears a little bit around the, you were just talking about posting a reel on Instagram, December 14th, you posted, you announced, uh, you said goodbye, Instagram. You're leaving Instagram at least for the time being. Yeah. So I have so many questions here, so much to unpack. Uh, first question is what's the last month or so been like, because it's been about a month since then. So what's it been like? It's been really good. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. I started like a little notes thing on my notes app, a little note that was just like lessons I've learned after leaving Instagram, like mm. what I, what leaving Instagram has taught me. First thing I recognized was like within the first week I was trying to open Inst cause I deleted the app completely. Oh, okay. Trying to like open my phone and then I would automatically search for Instagram to open up the app. I did that so many times and I had to ask myself, why am I doing this? What am I doing? What am I going to Instagram for? And it made me mm-hmm. realize I was going to Instagram for no reason. I literally had to ask myself, like, why am I going to Instagram? And there was no answer. It was just habitual. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. I wonder how much time I spent on Instagram. I never really wanted to go on Instagram. I was just performing a habit, a routine. And so that, that was just like a big learning curve of like, oh, I didn't really want to open the app at all. It's just a habit for me. I, uh, it's been really freeing. I'm really excited to create more content for YouTube and just like Mm -hmm. spend more time upgrading and up leveling my courses and hanging out with my students who are in my courses and like the course groups and being able to help them a lot closer and more intentionally instead of me and my team spending time doing a bunch of Instagram content just to like maintain the hamster wheel effect. And so it's been really freeing and really exciting I love that. I know. I think when you when you initially announced this uh, this leaving Instagram, you mentioned how this idea was kind of planted over a year prior when you went off for the holidays, which I remember that. Uh, so this was like two holiday seasons ago, and you like peaced out for the whole holidays. And I remember at the time being like, 
that's so awesome. Like, I really respect that. And I think we even like had dinner right around that time. And so I was like, that's so cool that, you know, you're taking this, like, even at that time, it was like a few weeks or maybe a month mm -hmm. or so off. And that was really inspiring for me. And so I wanted to say that, but I know that that kind of inspired a little bit this longer break. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about what's gone into this decision, mm -hmm. um, both maybe from like a business point of view and also just from like a human being point of view. Yeah. So my first Instagram break for the holidays, it wasn't like I'm leaving type thing. It was just like, yeah. I'm going to take time off for the holidays. I want yeah. to be with my family for two weeks. Um, yeah. I think it was three weeks. So that was 2022. So I took some time mm -hmm. off that originally was going to be me leaving Instagram. That was going to be the big, all right, I'm going to take a break for who knows gotcha. how long. And mm -hmm. the reason that feeling came up was because I was posting content that was like, this is how to do this on TikTok. This is how to do this on YouTube. And Instagram did not like that. I got a literal notification in my notifications tab on Instagram that said, this video will not reach your audience because of a competitor's watermark or something wow. like that mm -hmm. phrasing. So it was an actual notification from Instagram. And I, that was the first sign for me of is Instagram the right place for me and my business to be right now. And I wanted to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to not be on Instagram, but part of my business is still teaching Instagram. I, at that time I was expanding to TikTok. I was expanding to YouTube before I just taught Instagram. And then I added all these other things in. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to try it for a year. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing for a year and focus more so on Instagram tips for Instagram platform. So it's not like competitor heavy and just see how I feel, see how my team can feel doing most of the work. So I had people that was, were creating content for me. Obviously I had to film everything for me. It was like, yeah. can we work with Instagram instead of against it, recognizing these changes? Cause I wanted to give it a chance. And the past year just was not very fulfilling for me as a creator, whereas YouTube was so much more fulfilling for me as a creator. Creatively, personally, just I felt a lot more fulfilled making long-form videos. I felt very free to make whatever I wanted over there on any yeah. of those topics, and YouTube would reward that. Like My most popular videos are Instagram videos, and... It, YouTube doesn't care that it's an Instagram video or a TikTok video. And so that felt very freeing for me and my business. Mm -hmm. Another thing that went into it was because I was delegating and having a team help me, we had about three, four people helping with Instagram. So creating content, graphics, replying to comments, replying to DMs, like trying to make sure everybody was re replied to there in a reasonable amount of time. So we had three or four people in there. And so I was spending maybe five, $6,000 a month for my team to do that. Plus my yeah. time for creation, which is another business investment or like I'm spending my yeah. time. Um, and I was just like, you know, what would happen? Let's just be silly. Well, let's be crazy. What would happen if that team allocation time allocation was redirected somewhere else? What if instead of somebody <laughs> replying to DMs every day as their job, what if instead they were helping my students on the back end of the course and they were helping giving them the attention that they deserve? So it was just like, okay, how can, what would happen? And so this is my 
time to figure out what would happen if I do all those things. Um, so there's a lot of thoughts that I went into it. A lot of people ask like, well, how are we supposed to trust you if you're teaching Instagram and you're not on Instagram? And I think that's a really, really great question and very valid. I think one, just because I'm taking a break doesn't mean my past four or five years of experience goes away. Mm -hmm. And two, because I have so much more free time, I'm able to work closer with my students who are starting from zero. I'm able to hear directly from them like what the struggles are. I'm also able to create secret Instagram accounts and grow them from zero without like having to worry about also maintaining my current one. You know, like I can start from zero. I can put in the hustle. I can figure it out because I have the time to now. And so there's a lot of fun exciting experiments that I get to do behind the scenes that people don't really know about, but it's just like, they don't have to know about it. I know my intention behind taking a break. And I think it's going to open so many doors and provide so many more opportunities for me to learn and therefore help a lot more people. I'm I'm sure it will. And and your heart, your head is absolutely in the right spot. So um, I, I know it will. I'm I'm glad you brought up this secret account because I was going to ask you about it because I thought I heard you say something about it um, before. Can you tell us like any deep, you don't have to tell us about the account itself, but yeah. just like maybe what's going on. Do we have like a, a grand video that's going to come out six months <laughs> from now of how I grew the secret account from zero to 1 million? Yeah. What can you tell us about the secret account? I, one million would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still taking an Instagram break. So I'll probably be on my break until the end of February because I'm currently working on updating my Instagram course. So I'm already in Instagram headspace for the next two months. So I'm updating my course. That'll be done in at the end of February. And then I'll be able to have a little bit more time to play with a um burner account. You know, ideally it's a faceless account because I don't want to people to associate. Well, you were able to grow because people recognized you. You were able to grow because like you already have an image. People are like, Oh, it's Millie. Let me follow her second account. I don't want that. So it would be a faceless account. And then the, the reason for me to do this is so that I could create a YouTube video of like, I created an account from zero, a faceless account from zero. And this is how I was able to get it to X amount of followers in X amount of days. And so really just experimenting with what type of content Instagram likes right now. Um, Is it hard to do a faceless account? How do you do a faceless account? So just experimenting. And I love experimenting. That's, that's really, I just love looking at numbers, analytics, experiments. That's my thing. So then I would come back with this banger of a video and uh, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Since Instagram has been deleted from your phone, has your screen time on your phone significantly gone down? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think during the holidays, it went down, I think it was like three or four hours less. Wow. And then now on average, it's like two hours less, maybe like a day. Was it a day per day? It was crazy. Cause I was on there a lot, just like helping reply to DMs, creating reels, filming, editing, looking Mm -hmm. at analytics, all all the things, as you know. Um, So screen time has gone down quite a bit. I love that. One last topic I want to touch on. Um, I know you mentioned having a team. So uh, my first question before I rattle off the 14 other that are on my brain, when did you start hiring a team? How many people are on your team now? 
that whole shebang? I started my first hire was somebody to transcribe my YouTube videos into blog posts Mm. back in 2019. So as soon as I left my job and I was like working on that website, I was like, I'm going to have somebody turn my YouTube videos into blog posts for me. I found them on like Fiverr or Upwork, one of those two. Mm -hmm. And I think it was 20 bucks per video. That was the first person I hired. After that, my next two actual team hires were a VA, somebody to help me reply in my inbox of Instagram, but also like emails, collaborations, and a video editor. So I started turning out more videos on YouTube and I was like, I could use help with editing. I, (laughs) my computer at the time could not maintain the, the, pace that I wanted to edit at. And so Mm -hmm. it would take me way, 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 way too long to edit a video. And also I wasn't editing on an external hard drive. So that made it a lot slower. Anywho, I was like, I need a video editor because this is taking way too long for me. So those are like the first hires. Now I have about 10 people on my team. More if you're going to include like accountant, bookkeeper people. Yeah. But finding that team First thing that I did was I wanted to recognize the tasks that were taking up my time and Mm. didn't bring me joy. And those tasks were replying to emails, editing videos. So there's something called like your zone of genius and there's like four different layers of it. So you really would just want to be doing tasks that are in your zone of genius. And that's the thing that like, it comes naturally to you. You love doing it. It brings you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't come naturally to you, you're not an expert at it. Maybe you should delegate those things. So that was how I figured out how to hire people out, how to save time, what to delegate for. And then most of my team came from my Instagram followers, which I I was really not into at first. I remember hearing somebody say like, hire from your Instagram followers. I was like, are you sure? Mm. (laughs) Like, can I trust them? Are they going to try to hack me? Like, yeah, is that weird? Um, But some of my, like my team, my most loyal, dedicated, hardworking people on my team are the people that were following me first. And Mm -hmm. Maybe they're like, I don't really care to like grow my own thing as a content creator, but I came across one of your videos. I started following you for your personality and I just want to work with you. And like, those are the people on my team that have been the strongest pillars for holding up my business, keeping it running. So that's how I found most of my team. And then my DBM, my digital business manager, she also has a place on Facebook where she's in like a group of other entrepreneurs, business owners, and she would like post job postings for me every once in a while. So I have a handful of people that I found through Facebook. Cool. That's awesome. I, I think I can say the majority of my team members, or at least the best team members, the ones who are the most loyal and uh, been with me the longest, kicking the most butt, they came from Instagram, which I got to say uh, too, like when I first got started, I was like, eh, I'm not sure I should go the old school route of, you know, go on like <laughs> Upwork and go to Fiverr. But I found a lot of them from Instagram and um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like they already follow because they connect. And so there's already that like mutual understanding or shared values and beliefs. Um, My last question for you though, is just like around your time um, and how you spend your time. I know that um, I believe you work a four day work week. Is that correct still that you take, you take Fridays off? 
I try to, if I can't finish my priority tasks in those four days, I'll, I'll work on a Friday, but like, I really try to get everything done Monday through Thursday. Love that. And I'd love to hear just a little bit more about how you spend your time day to day. Is it majority spent on the back end, running the business or brainstorming the next YouTube video, scripting it? Um, I know that our days can vary a lot as content creators and business owners, but the average Millie day, what does it look like? Mondays are call days. Mondays I Mm. do all my meetings. So it's usually back to back to back meetings. Not everybody likes doing that. I prefer it that way because if I have meetings on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the middle of the day, ruins my flow. I can't get anything done. All I'm thinking about is I have a meeting, I have a meeting, and then I can't get anything done. So I I have to personally, physically, I have to have them all in one day. It just helps me focus. Um, so Mondays, call days, and in between my calls, I'm catching up on admin work. So I'm replying to emails from the weekend. I'm replying to Slack messages, checking my Facebook groups uh, that my students are in, and just starting to reply to people, get back to them in a reasonable amount of time. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday fluctuates depending on what my top three priorities are for that week. So every week at the beginning of the week, I set my top three priorities. This week, I'm just going to pull it up. <laughs> um, this week, I have to outline a video, YouTube video for a brand to approve. I have to work on my speaker slides because I'm a speaker and I have to send the slides off for approval by Friday. And then I wanted to outline all of the Instagram course updates. So those are like my top three big tasks. I have to have those clear at the beginning of the week or else I'll get distracted with Slack (laughs) and won't get anything done. So I'll do those first Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I will focus first on a priority task. And then at the end of the day, Slack emails. I have to start with my priority tasks so I won't get them done. Um, but usually my time is spent with YouTube videos, researching YouTube videos. I have, um, <laughs> I, I look over there because it's my whiteboard. I erased some of it cause I was worried you would see it and it's embarrassing. <laughs> but I, when I'm researching a YouTube video, the first thing that I do title thumbnail. I don't script it unless I know the thumbnail is going to be like click worthy, viral worthy, not viral worthy, but just like, it's a good thumbnail. People are curious about it. And so I spend like three or four hours just coming up with a good title thumbnail combo, looking up video ideas. Once I have a good video idea, outlining, researching. So most of my time is YouTube. And then in between I'm doing course updates, prepping for course launch, That's kind of day to day. Awesome. Love it. Well, Millie, thank you so much for being here today. You are such a pleasure. Where's the best place for everyone to get connected with you, learn more from you, learn about your courses and memberships? Yeah. So my main platform right now is YouTube. So they could go to YouTube, look up Modern Millie or Millie Adrian. I'll pop up either way. Or you could go to my website if you're like, hey, I want some free resources. You know, I want your ultimate YouTube starter workbook, 20 pages of how to get started on YouTube. I want 50 reels hooks for free. You know, like any freebie that's on my website, it's modernmillie.com. And that's 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 pretty much it. That's those are the main two places that I'm at right now. Awesome. Well, like I said, you're an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for being here. You are so genuine and so authentic. And I just love 
your story. I love um, how consistently you've shown up online over the years, going all the way back 14 <laughs> years ago um, with your brother. So um, wish you all the best and thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening and or watching today. I really appreciate it. I hope you learned something new. Make sure to follow Millie. Make sure to subscribe to her channel and hit her up. If you would like to see any content creator, any business owner featured on a future episode of this podcast, go ahead and send me a message on Instagram. In case I haven't said it already, my Instagram handle is Brock11Johnson. Brock11Johnson. Hit me up there. I would love to chat with you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Again, this was our first ever episode. This is a new format for me as someone who's used to doing all the talking and speaking directly to camera the entire time. It was really enjoyable to get to interview someone. And I'm excited over the coming months to get to share so many more interviews with you. So many more awesome business owners and creators. Let me know your thoughts on the show. I would love to hear your feedback. Truly anything positive or negative, let me know. Send me a direct message on Instagram and I would love to hear from you. And I'll see you next week for episode two.